using is for this one. <laughs> How am I sounding, first of all? You're sounding great. Good. Okay. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. I thought the age-old question was boxes or briefs. I mean that too. Yeah. There's a few of those, isn't there? <laughs> I've decided I need to just, like, factor in vocal rest for my schedule each day, because at the moment I am just, yeah. Now, like, back at work, people are moving about a little bit, like, starting to see people, catch up with people, talk to people, mm. and then I get home, I'm like, my throat's really sore. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, I need to just treat my crappy talking voice like the instrument that it is and just yeah factor in a couple of hours of vocal rest each day we should learn vocal exercises and then record the vocal exercises each week and that can be for the patreon (laughs) supporters when we when we sign up for patreon there's got to be someone out there who is into that kind of thing (laughs) but um yeah like i don't know uh, in other words, I am the complete opposite of this week's song slash artist. So this week we are looking at Stay the Night by Zed featuring Hayley Williams, as covered by State Champs for Punk Goes Pop 6. And yeah, unlike Hayley Williams, my voice is a piece of crap that needs a lot more rest than it need. It should need, is what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, we're... I was going to say idiots, but that would mean I would be calling you an idiot as well. No, it's we're, accurate though. I am an idiot. We're just regular folk who don't warm up their voices before doing, like, talking for an hour straight. Do you so. have to warm up your voice to talk though? I feel like it should just be a basic... Like voice artists do. That's and, true, yeah. And yeah, I think, I feel like narrators do and that sort of thing. Like, mm. yeah, it's, it helps. Maybe that can be part of our daily routine. Mm. Alright. So, three things before we get into the song. It might get picked up on the microphone. There is a bird outside that just keeps going, Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've literally, I feel like I've never heard it before until today. No, until today. And it's just out there just going, I Do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like... That, that bit that you... Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, that you cackled at. Donald. With Donald Duck. What? 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 Oh. <laughs> I, like, I don't, like, a, has someone bought a parrot or something? Like, it just, I've literally never heard it in the neighbourhood until today. And it won't stop. <laughs> it's just standing on a power line somewhere just going... What? That, look, that's its prerogative. I wonder if it needs to do vocal warm-ups before it has a day of that... That. Yeah, maybe that maybe it's like a it's a songbird, but it's having a bad day. <laughs> so that that's why it sounds it's just like really hung over. It's like fuck. <laughs> it's done six hours of karaoke <laughs> oh, yeah. the night before, and it's just gone. <laughs> six hours was too much. I know, never again. <laughs> oh man. So the second thing is, I've just realised that on our bookshelf there is a book called "I'd Eat That." Yeah, and every gross kid in school that eats worms has said that at one point i'd eat that that's true that's a nice piece of observational humor for for like for laughs 
or for money or whatever currency they take. <laughs> and it is also today our son's fourth birthday. Yes, our I, baby boy. I don't know how old that is in cat years. Cats have a weird scale because, like, dogs, it's just seven. It's seven per year, but then it's like cats is something like seven, then four, then three, then five, I'm, then. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Cat age to human years. It's really weird. I'm disappointed that there's not like a cat age calculator. Because <laughs> yeah. I was, I was trying to. Because I was, I was I just finished today. Um, I just finished today Moonraker by Ian Fleming, the James yeah. Bond novel, and it was 1956. There's a part where he wins fifteen thousand pounds, and so like, I, I spent ages trying to find a like a cup. A money calculator for the time. Yeah, yep. And so it ended up like fifteen thousand pounds is like nearly four hundred thousand dollars today. In terms of like factoring for inflation. Yeah, inflation. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That always does my head in when people are like, oh, but like back in the day, like I got I don't know fucking ten shillings an hour equated to the yeah, money is weird. We just abolish money. So, how old is my cat in human years, according to Purina.co.uk? Although there's no reliable scientific way to calculate the relationship between human and cat years, it's generally agreed that the first two years of a cat's life are roughly equal to the first 25 of humans. After that, each additional year is around four cat years. This means if your cat is six years old, their equivalent cat age in human years will be around 41. So... So, boss is 58. (laughs) Hang on. Oh, wait, no, sorry. So, wait, the first two years? So, he was 25 two years ago. Yeah, 25 plus 25 plus 4 plus 4. It's 58. No, so I think the 25 factors the first two years. Ah, okay, so he'd be then 33. No, he'd be be 37. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So at two years old, he was 25 years old in human years. Then he was 29 last year and now... Yeah, he's... so 33. 33? So he's already older than me. He's older than me. Aww. <laughs> he does I'd... not act like a 33-year-old. I don't like doing that. It makes me sad. <laughs> Although the world's oldest cat lived to be 34. Yeah, which... that cat looked 34 as well. <laughs> which is irrelevant because Boss is going to live forever and which, we're going to be completely fine. Oh, they we're... do have a cat calculator. Ah. Sorry, you so, go. Can you figure out how much, like, how old that would be in, like, 34 oh, years? Oh, they, um, so that is the equivalent of... Because that's got to be, like, what, 200? 200? 153. <laughs> It looked 153 as well. That cat looked so haggard and just so fed up with it all. (laughs) Oh, it knew it was the oldest cat in the world as well because it had lived a life. It had had lived through the Soviet era, communism, (laughs) and like the Cold War, and through friggin' the AIDS epidemic. And I don't know why I keep just thinking of, like, bad stuff that happened in 34 years. It lived through grunge. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about how old it would have been during the grunge. The Spice Girls. Wouldn't it wouldn't have even been cool to, like, to be into pop punk. 
Oh my god! Like that's just yeah, and it looked old. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out because my baby prior to boss Elmo, may he rest in peace. He lived to be 16. So I'm just trying to. Figure... I, you know, I loved Elmo, but I also, I also heavily appreciated that he was the fattest cat in the town. Yes. Uh, or the heaviest? No, he was. What was it? He was the heaviest cat. That, oh, he that, um, the vet went that he went that went to the vet or something. I don't know if they were like definitively awarded him like no. fattest cat, but yeah, he weighed in at a good ten kilos yeah. at one point. Like towards the end, his little belly <laughs> just dragged across the ground, <laughs> which is awful. <laughs> but like, we wouldn't feed him, so he, like he would go out on the farm and eat stuff. Yeah, it wasn't like, like he just didn't have an off switch, which he was like his mother, because neither do I. But just. Yeah, but no, he he had a good run, um, but yeah. I... No, I I yeah, as I said, Almo was great, but I just I also appreciated that he just loved to eat. He was large and in charge. Yeah, and I miss him every I day. To get him a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> let him live that island life. He would have killed you. <laughs> so yeah, sixteen years. So he would have been eighty years Eight. inhuman. Eighty. There you go. Let me ask you a question. Yes. How many times do you think they say stay the night in this song? I can find out for you. I already know because I calculated it while listening to it on my walk a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm like walking along and like not trying to sub- like trying to subtly like count on my fingers. <laughs> how many times? I do love like when you see an adult trying to figure out just a basic equation and they're just quietly like not lifting their fingers high enough so you can see, but you can see they are doing like, eh, eh, like. I I I do that all the time. In my previous jobs, when I've had to calculate like money, oh. I've, I've done it on my hands before, yeah. and I know it makes me look babyish, but oh, I, I yeah, I do not miss having to handle money. Like I can do it, but it's just like <laughs> this is why we have calculators and phones because <laughs> they're like I would be fine and then they'd be like oh look I've got a bloody I don't know 20 cent coin to add yeah. it's just like I'd rather not like I already had it figured out and now you've just thrown it off completely I don't know I could see how uh, it could become really addictive getting you know having money like when I would hold like a couple thousand dollars in my hands it's like 
Mm-hmm. This is nice. I like this. <laughs> like Mo with the knives. Gotta tell you, this is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my segue into uh, Stay the Night. Well Did done. you find out? Like, was I correct? Was it 18 times? Ah, oh, whoops. Hang on. I ended up not counting in the end. I was so busy looking at cat age equations. I'm going we'll to count them. We'll just, um... One, we'll two, be putting the song in here anyway. Four, so. five. So each chorus has five. So wait, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I got fifteen. At the end as oh, well. Oh yeah. The, the like the robot kind of yeah. Voice. So that's eighteen. Yeah. Well done. Very good. Cool. So. Let me uh, tell you a little story about a, a guy called Zed who also mm-hmm. uh, was around during Soviet-era Russia. What? Oh, Jesus. So, birth name Anton Zavlasky. He was born in 1989 in Saratov, Russia, formerly mm-hmm. Soviet Russia at the time of his birth. It blows my mind how recent that was. Yeah. Like, I know that it's... I'm doing that thing where I'm thinking like, oh yeah, the 80s, that was like 30 years ago, but it's not. So like 80, 90, 2000, 2000. It's not even 30 years ago, it's 40 years ago. And that's what I mean. Like it's like, 80, yeah. I'm falling into that trap of like, everything is equated, like calculated against like the 90s as being the benchmark, but mm. it's like the 90s were fucking 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Which I am about to discover in March when I turn 30 years old. Mm. Welcome to the club. I know. Not yet. So Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> so he grew up, as I said, like, born in Russia, but he grew up in Kaiserslautern, Germany. Mm-hmm. The name Z came from the phonetic spelling of the letter Z, also the first letter of his last name. So Zavlasky, Z. Uh, but I... It said in the Wikipedia article that that's more of, like, a European thing... To say Z instead of Z? It depends. But yeah, I don't know. a lot of people over here say Z. Yeah, because I say... Like, I'm thinking of like ABC and yeah. W, X, Y, and Z. But then I... You can also say W, X, Y, and Z. So... Yeah. Yeah. I think I learned it as Z and then moved over here and everyone said Z. And that's fine. One thing I don't agree with is people say H instead of H. Yeah, I say H. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was just a... Rural Victoria thing, but yeah, H for horse, and it's just like, no. Anyway, um, <laughs> that is my alphabet lesson for today. Don't say H. Or say it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't. So the son, he was the son of two musicians, or he is the son of two musicians. Uh, <laughs> he was, and he still is. <laughs> he, is yeah, he was and still is the son of two musicians, and he is also a classically trained musician, beginning with the piano at age four. And drums at age 12. I used to... Uh, I was playing drums and piano at the same time when I was a wee lad. I would do one week drums, one week piano lessons. That's intense. Yeah. Were your parents, like, intense parents? No. Like I no. just... I wanted to learn... Well, I, I started off... Because um, we had a keyboard. Right. That my parents got for my sister. Mm-hmm. She didn't use it. <laughs> and it was like, hey, maybe Sam wants to use it. So, like... Started yep. using it, took lessons, and then uh, then my brother got a set of drums that he didn't <laughs> use, and I was like, drums are pretty sick, I want to learn that. I'm sad you don't still have them. 
Oh, I know. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's days where I'm like, I could get an electronic drum kit. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, this, the guy that I learned, um, well, so I was, yeah, the guy that I learned piano from, uh, his sister worked with my mum. Right. And so he also could teach drums. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one week I would go do piano and the next week I'd go do drums. Fun. It actually, it actually, you said it was intense. It actually wasn't because it gave me more time to like, Practice when he would say, between. yeah, when he'd say, go and learn this song yeah. or learn these scales, it gave me more time to practice that. That's always just been my sticking point is I don't practice. Mm. Like, yeah, which, yeah, I have no excuse for like, so why can't I play the guitar? It's like, so you never fucking practiced. Mm. Anyway. But yeah, and I, I stuck with the drums until I was 12 and that when I started to learn the guitar and I was like mm. I think I just want to stick with guitar and oh. I did but yeah I sort of wish I'd always stuck with drums as well we could be earning that DJ money but oh. if oh. you hadn't given up piano and drums oh, I don't even know I'd be DJ Sled I guess <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what my DJ name would be DJ Happy Paddocks DJ Slam Panther yeah. yeah so speaking of slam it might not have been a slam band but he started out in a german deathcore band dioramic in 2002 but he would leave in 2010 mm-hmm. um i did not listen to dioramic when you say deathcore i don't get overly enthused so right yeah it's not my not my favorite genre of uh, music not my mm-hmm. favorite genre of metal so uh but it was after hearing the french electronic duo justice that he developed an interest in producing electronic music Kind of interesting that it's like an electro, a French electronic duo. I would immediately just stop and go, okay, Daft Punk. But yeah, it's, true. But it's not, like, I, I've also heard it pronounced Justice, but I don't know if that's correct. Which I mean, that could be how French people pronounce Justice. Yeah, yeah. I've heard like one of their songs and it bangs, but yeah, I can't think of any others of theirs. Cool. <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> and. You are the bigger Hayley Williams fan mm. than I by, you know, a million points. So I'll hand Hayley Williams over to you. Thank you. I am very excited uh, that we're... That's, that's, like, uh, I'll make a trophy that's just Hayley Williams so I can actually hand Hayley Williams. I would it. appreciate that a lot. I'm surprised she doesn't have a um, pop vinyl yet, but... Yeah. Then again, neither does Taylor Swift, so... But what... Hmm... Not that I want one, though. What I... would make those stand out, though? I guess... But, I mean, Hayley Williams has had orange hair for a while, but, like... Yeah, but they would just backtrack and do, like, Riot-era yeah, Paramore. I guess. And, yeah. But, like, Taylor Swift is just... It would be... No, she'd be pretty iconic. You could pretty much do one for every album cycle. Okay. Except for maybe Folklore Evermore. But even then... Because to me, it's just a white blonde girl. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, look, I could go on a tangent about here's how you would do it, but I'm not going to because pop vinyls are a waste of money and space and plastic. Yeah, uh, we got rid of all of ours. The only ones I still have are um, Gerard Way and. Do we keep Prince? No, we didn't keep Prince. Oh no, actually no, it wasn't that good. Um, and Knives Chow, they're in my office, which I haven't been in since March oh, 2019. So, so, the, so they're, <laughs> they're safe from the March purge. 2020. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. Oh my, I keep thinking we're still in 2020. It hasn't been that long. So you've only kept them because you haven't been able to throw them out yet. I'll, I think I'll keep Gerard, just because I, I love him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, 
that we're not here to talk about pop vinyl. I reckon there's got to be a pop vinyl podcast out yeah, there. Yeah, that would be the best, the dullest thing. Pod vinyl. If uh, if you if you're out there and you want us to inject a little bit of, you know, excitement into it. No. <laughs> I'll come and do my bird sounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll just flat out refuse. So. Haley Williams was born in 1988, and she hails from Meridian, Mississippi. And she moved to Franklin, Tennessee at the age of 13 after her parents' divorce. Uh, in 2004, she formed Paramore with brothers Josh and Zach Farrow, as well as Jeremy Davis. Um, we're going to have a Paramore episode down the line, which I'm super excited about. But that will be our avenue to talk about just all the band politics that have happened, because it's equal parts like awful and fascinating just the dynamics of the band over time like they're almost to me it's sort of like the Fleetwood Mac of our time just in terms of like just those internal like yeah fights and just yeah shitty things but they were like youth group Christians so they weren't like recording albums just blasted on cocaine oh god no like Fleetwood Mac no god no (laughs) um but yeah the current lineup consists of Haley. Zach Farrow, who returned to the band after leaving with his brother, but that's a TLDR, and Taylor York. And the band has released five studio albums to date. Haley was trained by vocal coach Brett Manning, who has also trained the likes of our girl Taylor Swift, Keith Urban, Poppy, and Miley Cyrus. Uh, and she has cited Saves the Day, Brody Dale, Dale? Dale? Dale. Dale. Radiohead, and No Doubt, among other acts, as her musical influences. Um, It has been noted that she can sing in the whistle register, which is the highest register of the human voice. I've never heard it, though. Whistle note is like Mariah Carey, Ariana Grande type shit. Yeah. I guess she just hasn't used it. (laughs) But, yeah. I do like the idea that she just told someone that, and they were just like, okay, (laughs) just ran with it. Like, does... Does her style of music really warrant her getting that high, though? No, but, no. like, her vocals are always incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just they're not, like... She can get really high, sort of, full registers, but it's not, like, that. Yeah. Anyway. That, but not that. Um, and her first solo album, Pedals for Armour, was released in 2020 on Atlantic Records. Uh, Pedals for Armour was met with critical acclaim. Uh, Metacritic gave it an aggregate or normalised score of 83 out of 100. Uh, the album received four-star reviews from Rolling Stone and Enemy, and it re- relieved. It received a Pitchfork rating of 7.2, which for Pitchfork is pretty decent, so I've heard. I really can't stand Pitchfork. <laughs> They're just like... I'm just going to take a minute to bitch about Pitchfork. So they're always just... Go for it. Get them. Fucking... So, like, they've just always been very... Like, their whole thing is, like, we review really sort of snobby albums and we give them really, like, tough scores and, like, Mm. just very critical of albums that other people otherwise just, like, it's fine. Yeah. Or at least that's my opinion anyway. This is all just my opinion. And now they've been doing this thing where, like, they're going back and, like, retrospectively reviewing albums that they probably wouldn't have reviewed at the time so i think they've like reviewed like my chemical romance that kind of thing Mm. and they're like oh this is so great it's just like well where the fuck were you Mm. at the time it's just that thing of like 
the music they used to turn their noses up at. Now they're like, oh, but the nostalgia factor, like, it was always so good, blah, blah, blah. So do you think that they got someone new in who was like, hey, maybe we could go back and... I don't know. Probably. I, 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 I never understood the the idea of you know publications going back and reviewing old music. I get it in terms of, like, because music always has that sort of ripple effect. Like... Mm. Those kinds of albums are the ones that inspire other albums in the True. future and other yeah. artists. And But yeah, there are times where it feels a bit revisionist. Like, especially... Like, it's simul- simultaneously, like, good and bad just seeing, like, how My Chemical Romance are, like, being critically acclaimed today. Which, like, they always were to an extent, but there was definitely a sense of, like, oh, but we don't like them because it's teenage girl music. Like, mm. it's... And now... Everyone's just sort of conveniently forgotten that, like, that's how it was regarded, if that makes sense. Because I, I mean, I've never really read, read Pitchfork. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but if I hear, like, a music publication called Pitchfork, I would assume that it leans more towards alternative music. Yeah. I would, I would go, well, they're definitely reviewing, like, some metal and some punk and that sort of thing. But... Not even that. It's more like, <clears throat> and I hate to say, but, like, hipster, like, yeah. sort of indie alternative, like, stuff released on, like, I don't know, bloody... Yeah, I can't think of any examples. Maybe it's, like, pitchfork, like, get your pitchforks ready because you're going to be mad at us or any, or something because of how... Maybe. How, like out there and just, you know, how we hold music to such a degree that you're just not going to agree with it. Mm, true. I don't know, I think, yeah, I always associate Pitchfork with, like, the douchebags that I knew as a teenager were like, ooh, but, like, I don't know, this Interpol album rips because Pitchfork said so. I was like, yeah, okay. Anyway, cool. that, that's my Pitchfork rant. I love it. Thank you. Um... And I love you. Oh, I love you. On our son's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I also love Pedals for Armour. Cool. <laughs> uh, the Which ranked at number 41 and number 21 on Billboard and Consequence of Sound's respective top 50 albums of 2020 lists. What would your rating of it be? Um, give it something weird. I would give it... I would give it a hell yeah. A hell yeah. Exactly. I was going to say your number scale should be the 69 or 420 because what can <laughs> I say? You like to party. Exactly. Um, no, it was a very um, soothing record for me last year because it came out in full pretty much around like the beginning of lockdown, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, Haley is one of those artists who yeah, blessedly takes the pandemic seriously. Like, mm. she isn't flouting rules. So, like, it was comforting to see this icon sort of going through it as well and, like, creating content in addition to the album to put out to her audience to just sort of coach them through. Like, it was really cute. Like, one of the singles from the album, um, I think it's called Over It... Hang on, I'm gonna look it up. That's so embarrassing. I should, I I can like hum the tune in my head, but I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, it's like a very sort of 
slightly new wavy, like okay. poppy kind of yep. song. And so she released like a little workout video for it. So it's oh, just yeah. her doing aerobics in her living room. Um, and that's poppy as in the genre of music and not the person. Yes. Yes. I do very much appreciate how much music helped to get you through 2020. Yeah. Because you had that, you had... Over Yet was the song. Over Yet. You had that, you had Taylor Swift, you had... Phoebe Bridges. Hamilton. Hamilton, <laughs> yes. MGK. Yes. Machine Gun that, Kelly. That was a good one. Um, But yeah, no, she's... And it, like, I still have a couple more things to spit out about her, but um, she is very good at breaking through that sort of barrier of being a celebrity, being a public figure, and just sort of levelling with people. And yeah. yeah, the album... Yeah, it just... That album and then, like, Paramore's albums in general, like, they tend to sort of arrive at a time when I need them. And it's just like, oh, thank you. Like, yeah. I needed this. Um, I don't know if it's got anything to do with... Probably not. I'm probably going out on a bit of a limb here, but the fact that she was in a relationship with Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory for quite a while mm. um, and, you know, married him. Um, yeah. They divorced. But the fact that, you know, I would say even Riot era Paramore was probably bigger than Newfound Glory ever Oh, God, was. yeah. And so there is that sort of power dynamic and it's that thing of, like, you can either let that sort of level you out and yeah. be a pretty normal human being or you become like this, you know, omnipotent yeah. demigod kind of person who views themselves as, you know, the next best thing. And yeah. I feel like she's very leveled out and is a very normal human being. Yeah. No, she is a great musician and a great person. Um, so back to Haley for a sec. So in 2014, at Billboard's Women in Music Awards, Haley received the Trailblazer Award for making a unique mark in music and paving the way for other artists. Cool. Um, outside of music, she has also ventured into the world of cosmetics. So, for example, in 2013, she partnered with MAC Cosmetics to release an orange lipstick, nail polish, and eyeshadow, which sounds sick. I'm very sad I never bought any. And in 2016, she launched her hair dye line, Good Dye Young. Dye spelled D-Y-E, of course. Aha, uh-huh, I get it. Uh, so yeah, one of their more popular products, Poser Paste, was released in 2017. So it's basically like, put colour in your hair and you can wash it out. Yeah, next day. Um, it's the next wash it comes out. Yeah. I like that name though, Poser Paste. It's cute. <laughs> so, so if you're going to go to like... If you're going to go see an emo band or something and you need to have black hair for just oh. one night and then you got to go back to your, your job as, I don't know, a mortician the next day, then... Although I feel like then a mortician... permanent because that makes sense Yeah, to being being Yeah, uh, having black hair and pale skin makes sense for a mortician. I want to be a mortician. It would be fun. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, like, where was Poser Paste when I was a kid? Because I just went, like... From zero to a hundred, like I just went mm. blue black, um, yeah, red at one point, just fringe, blonde in the fringe, and then like I had that patch where my hair was green, but that was only a few years ago. Where was I when you went red? 
It wasn't all. It was just it was it was inspired by Pete Wentz. I could even pull up the source photo that I took oh. to my hairdresser and was like, "Please do this for me." Oh. Um, and it was just in my fringe, just a big squash oh, yeah. of red dye, which very quickly just turned into a shit pink color, and then I just had to let it grow. Out. <laughs> I've been thinking, like, the last couple of weeks, like, I'd love to get back into, like, I'd love to dye my hair, like, pink or something, but I just know it's going to cost so much to keep it up. Yeah, and especially if you're hoping to get job interviews. I know, but who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so that is Haley. She is wonderful, and I'm looking forward to talking more about Paramore, presumably with a certain Richard S. He, because we've always wanted to write an article about them together, but this is the next best thing. Um, and that'll be an even more in-depth sort of tale of woe and triumph and a bunch of other things. Mm, I can't wait. Mm. Sounds like a, a Greek tragedy. It does. Um, not a, not a fact, just my opinion. Zed looks like a hobbit and I like that. He just looks like a dude to me. He looks like, like if a you... very regular man. Yeah. Yeah. But he looks like a hobbit. Why? Because like he sort of got the the kind of like small face, right? The, like the hairy like beard. Okay. Um, he just to me like him and the chain smokers. Like if you put them in front of me and said, "Who are these people?" I'd be like, "I have no idea. Yeah. I could not tell you." Yeah. Like at least like Calvin. Ha- oh, not even Calvin Harris. I probably maybe I could pick him out of a crowd. But like so many of these artists again and it's because they don't generally center themselves in the music they have other artists and stuff but like i just have no idea what they look like yeah yeah that was that was one of the first that's where i first gained like first time i, I noticed the black dahlia murder was in a magazine mm. and it was just like it just had like pictures of bands and their name and there was it was just trevor the black dahlia murder and he just had short hair and glasses yeah and it was just so it was so humanizing to a, a style of music that's that you know tries to to really keep its image very like tough tough <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it wasn't like and it was fun yeah yeah we will get to talk about them at some point as well yes but not not because they worked on a Punk Goes album. <laughs> oh, we're just going to shoehorn in an episode. No, no, no. Like they ah. do, they do a song. Oh, of course, yes. That yes, has yes. also been covered gotcha. by a Punk Goes album. Yes. So about this song, mm. that was from Zed's debut studio album, Clarity, which was released in 2012. Mm-hmm. That's nearly ten years ago. Oh my That's god! Nine years ago. See, to me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, so, like, maybe four or five years ago. No. So, the song was written by Zed. Benjamin Alhanna, (laughs) who is believed to be the secret moniker for Nate Roos. Of the band Fun. Of the band Fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cara Faye, the lead vocalist for Shiny Toy Guns. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Mike Wass, editor for Idolator, called Stay the Night another soaring house anthem with massive crossover potential. James Shotwell of Under the Gun Review stated the song is destined for dance club glory, but lacks uniqueness. So it reached number 11 on the ARIA charts, number one in Israel, number two on the UK singles charts, 
and number one on the US Dance Club Songs Charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? It's good. Like... Mm. End of show. Yeah, bye. Um, <laughs> a lot of like the sort of EDM tracks from around that time... I typically don't like I'm not well versed in EDM like I don't know yeah. much of any of it yeah. like the artists I'd be most familiar with would be David Guetta um Calvin Harris and maybe Martin Solvig I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his surname properly um and but then in saying that I was around obviously and like listening when there was that big EDM explosion like around the early teens um and yeah i really appreciated when these artists did do this crossover with other genres artists from other genres (laughs) that kind of thing like this song works so well because Haley's vocals work so well in not any well probably in any genre who the fuck knows but like she isn't she hasn't just relegated herself to I'm in this scene. Yeah. Like, it translates. And she's the perfect pick for it because yeah. you want someone with big, soaring, strong vocals who can emote really well, and she does. And I don't know, this is going to sound wild, but there's something about her singing as well. She sounds young. Like, she sounds youthful and full yeah. of energy. Like yeah. she, Which, when I think of this sort of music... I'm always, and now I'm 30, turning 32, and I'm just so fucking old, and I'm like, <laughs> that's kids' music. Like EDM. That's, yeah, that's for, <laughs> that's for going out to clubs. True. Kind of music. And so I, I feel like it is like a really perfect fit. I mean, she would have only been 24, 25 recording this. Thereabouts, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was, I think she is, I think she's. Pretty much the perfect fit for this. I don't know if they could have really gotten anyone better for it. That's, yeah, like, I can't picture subbing someone else in because, like you said, like, just her, like, the characteristics of her voice are so specific to her and so specific to this song as well. Like, they just fit so well. It's a perfect Like I could, I could see perhaps because that was also when she was having her, basically, I guess, renaissance, um, maybe Miley. Yeah. Could have could have done it. But again, like, back to your point, Miley's voice sounds older. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't... Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'd have to listen to more Miley stuff, but, like, there's a certain level to it. Like, it's not... To me, it doesn't sound like it has as much energy. Not mm. in a bad way. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, it's hard to... Um, vocal or verbalize, but yeah, I get. Although her like the cover of uh, "Head Like a Hole" for that oh, Black on Mirror a roll episode as Ashley O is so good. That was really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, I told you this when we were talking about it the other day. Like, I wanted to hate this song. Like, starting it. Like, yeah. The first couple of bits, or like when it starts to like kick in, I'm like, I really wanted to hate it. I think I was telling myself, I'm going to hate this. Yeah. And I didn't. Like, by the end of it, I was like, all right, well, what else can I find when I just replay it now? Like, yeah. And, you know, I listened to it. Like, I went for a walk and I did listen to it on repeat, you know, three times. Listened to the other one on repeat, like, three times. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was just... 
there's a lot there and, and I, I yeah I ended up thoroughly enjoying this song <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I love it because it's there's bits about it that really keep it in 2013 yeah, yeah. the the bit where it's like the artificial like rise of her. I fucking I was going to bring that up. I hate that so much. You know what it makes me think of? What Starships by Cobra? Yep. Starships by Cobra Starship? No, um, Nicki Minaj. Do you mean? We're yeah. Higher than yeah. Higher. I, I, I thought yeah. Cobra Starship was involved with that. No. Um, but yeah, so Starships by Nicki Minaj. The yeah. higher. I always. I never. I never liked Starships. Yeah. But that like higher than a motherfucker part yeah. always just grates me and yeah. and it reminds me of that. It that yeah, it definitely dates the song. Yeah. If they removed even just that, it would bring it into like a more of a timeless sort of feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, as I said, like that keeps it in twenty thirteen, whereas you take that out. I don't know if I'm a fan of the like and I'm assuming that's probably him singing. The vocoder at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's very Love. sort of daft punk almost. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that, but I can I could take that over the yeah, the pitch the, shifting or the whatever pitch they're shifting. doing. Yeah. It's I just yeah, it almost just makes me want to like just cringe like, oh, they're really doing that. It's definitely a product of its time. Like that bit that we both hate was definitely because it was building up to like that final drop kind yeah. of like and as soon as that pop drop got ditched from music, like it just it disappeared completely, mm. and you listen back to songs with a drop like that, and it's just like, oh, mm. like it didn't lend itself well to like timeless songs, yeah. Or at least like, yeah, you pick up like you listen to songs from that era, and it's they're not timeless in the same way as I don't know, Bohemian Rhapsody or yeah. the Beatles or like that kind of thing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, but I I don't know if you would really get this in EDM songs or house songs or whatever it's classified as, but how, like, it just has, like, classical piano yeah. throughout and, like, the guitar then in the second verse replacing the piano. Mm. It's a really well-crafted song. Mm. Like, you can tell he's he really knows what he's doing. And... It, could even come from the fact that he's been in like a deathcore band. You know, he has like he can layer stuff on top of each other. Yeah, time. but like he has more of a an idea for like you know, yeah, like the drop and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um I just yeah, what have I got there? I <laughs> so I'm reading off my uh, my things. Yeah, so like don't like the rise the the robot voice as I put it. Yeah, I don't know. I just I also think that it's it's pretty simplistic in its lyrics. Like it's it lets mm. you know what it means. Yeah. But I also it also has like an almost end of the world kind of feel to it. Yeah. Like the piano and everything isn't it isn't quite it's not like sad, but it's not what have I got there? It has a finality to it, but it's also hopeful at the same time. Because is it in a minor key, or I'm trying to like I'm. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know. Which could be a minor key. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that cleared it up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, but yeah, and it's just basically it's it's a basic thing of you know maybe these two people thought they were going to be more, and they're not going to be, and they want to spend one last night together. You know, yeah, doesn't mean that. You know, they have to be, you know, 
they're not going to they don't need to get married or anything like that they can enjoy the idea of you know spending a night together spending time you know doing whatever it could be they could be playing uno or they could be having a wild night of passion who knows it doesn't but it doesn't matter what it is they're spending the night together and yeah. then tomorrow they'll part ways and it's fine I'm looking up the chords to stay the night. That might help, but it probably won't. Yes, I think it's in minor. Minor. A minor, B minor, C. E minor, D. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's mostly minor. I could be wrong. Good E. I don't know. Well, yeah, there's a few. (laughs) (laughs) There's a few chords, some of which are minor. Yeah. I think, no, look. Look. Yeah. Let's just say it's it's either in a minor, a major, or Both. something in between. <laughs> it's not quite a mop and it's not quite a puppet, but man. It's not quite a minor, but it's not quite a major. It's to a... Tell you... It's a minja. <laughs> I'm supposed to think of Brits. How they say minger. But... You, you fucking mingin' then. Fucking mingin', mingin'. mate. Um... <laughs> I want to bring that back. She's a fucking minger, mate. Fucking minger. <laughs> um, yeah. This song isn't minging. No, this song is the opposite of minging. It is um, mint, as they say. Look, it, it's sound. We never really got minging over here, so I guess we could like bring it in for the first, you know. True. If we time. start a TikTok and just just a TikTok of just our deadpan of the you, cam- camera minging. Minging. <laughs> You know what? My oldest nephew, Zen, I'm not going yeah. to... I'm just going to say dox. this. I'm just going to say this. Let us know that you're listening to this podcast just in one of your TikToks. Yeah. Just say Mingin. Yeah. And we'll know. And we don't, we don't need to talk about it. And remember us when you're at the top because <laughs> it will skyrocket your influencer career. Um, I know what you mean, though. Please, please listen to my uncle's podcast. Oh, How have we not considered this as like the perfect marketing strategy for Punko's Pod? Is to get your nephew to TikTok about it. (laughs) I mean, he could. We'll make him a hat or something. (laughs) Give him one of our our badges. They're so small, you wouldn't be able to see it. I mean, he could like go put it close and be like, "Oh yeah, my stupid uncle." And his lovely fiance had this <laughs> and podcast. And his even stupider what fiance. The f- what the fuck is pop and what the fuck is punk? <laughs> Fuck's a podcast. We will teach him a TikTok dance to our intro music. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just do a whip to. <laughs> I think I made music that you could not dance to with that intro. Any music is danceable <laughs> with the right mindset, is my view on it. Mongolian throat singing. Oh, God damn it! The song's in the key of A major. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were going to be like, just in the span of us starting this episode, Hayley Williams got cancelled. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, the song is in the key of A major. There is piano accompaniment in the build-up of the first verse and a synth fuel drop with heavy use of parallel thirds. I wish I knew what that meant. I thought you were saying paradiddles. It's like, oh... <laughs> I know, I know that from my drumming days. The second verse has an electric guitar reminiscent of the bridge to Justin Bieber and Nicki Minaj's Beauty and a Beat, which Zed also had a hand in producing and is also a sick song. But I know what you mean about the lyrics like being very simple, but you get them. And I think that's sort of characteristic of EDM is it 
it's not verbose. Yeah, it needs because that's the whole point. Is it's for people who are just, pinging. Yeah, people <laughs> gacked. <laughs> yeah, people who are absolutely what? mortal. And... What? What do they? <laughs> mortal. What do they even take in clubs now? I don't well, I mean, know. I mean, a COVID <laughs> test at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the day after. Hydrochlo- hydroxychloroquine <laughs> is the hot new thing. Fucking bleach. <laughs> and UV lamps. Like, in 2019, what were people taking in clubs? I don't know. Was it was it nitrous? Was it was it oh, was nitrous? It those nangs? nangs? I don't know. I'm so uncool. I, I have no idea. Like, like, is weed still cool anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> Because I and I don't even do that. I know it's so embarrassing. Like I just have zero idea. I'm trying so hard not to tell on myself. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I had a lunch today with my colleagues, and I literally had like maybe one and a half glasses of wine, and I still feel slightly ill from it. Like, mm. I have marked the end of my partying days in any sense of the word like it's very sad and it's and it was marked by a work lunch i know it was very pleasant we had peking duck and it was delicious but um barbara streisand <laughs> exactly that was duck sauce oh god damn it there is a act called peking duck though which is oh. a funny double bet midler double entendre but um yeah i don't know if it was meant as one but that's how i see it the end um yeah, I always find that these songs, they the lyrics can sort of come across a little awkward at times, so I think it's just because they're so simplified. Mm. There's not much nuance to them necessarily, but then they do also have some very clever turns of phrase in them just by, I don't know. Well, it's like, I don't, I, I, I'd be really interested because I couldn't really find who wrote the lyrics, whether it was Zed or... Um, let's just say it was Nate Roos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pro- look, let's not. But uh, you know, was it was it them? Was it Haley Williams that wrote the lyrics? Because it does come across as like there's no feeling of oh, this is someone's second language. Yeah, yeah. Um, not sure. Cause yeah, I feel like she probably wouldn't have. I feel like a lot of the time when it's a collab like this. You just walk in and sing it. That's my understanding, although I could be way off. Um, but yeah, then in saying that, like, This Is What You Came For famously was co-written by Taylor Swift um, before she and Calvin Harris were no longer dating and she wrote it under a moniker. Um, I, like yeah. this, I like this line because this could almost be Haley's and Chad's relationship. I'm I'm loaded, sight set, I'm moonbound, like I'm about to take off and you're just gonna stay in Newfound Glory. I think that is from a different song. Did you just type it into Google? No. Let's stay the night lyrics. Show me. Can I have a look? If you read it, it's not the lyrics. Oh, it is not the lyrics. No. What the fuck? It's Google auto filling stuff. Ooh. So do you want to edit that bit? Nah. In? No? Okay. This episode has just been <laughs> top notch, friends. Um, I think it's, yeah, like, and Haley's no stranger to doing collabs like this as well, because she also did um, Airplanes with B.O.B. 
Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting stars? Do you remember? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, she just, it works. Yeah. Like, she's just a brilliant artist. And, yeah. Like, Zed is also very good at writing excellent, like, Hooks and things like his other single from Clarity, Cold Clarity, which was a collaboration with the artist Foxes. And again, it's another track where it's soaring vocals with that sort of pumping beat underneath, mm. and it's awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed both tracks when they came out back in the day, and I still do. I'm, yeah, reading the act the correct lyrics this yes. time. Um, for such a, like, it is very much like. The lyrics are very sexy. Yeah. But like, I mean, you kill the lights, I'll draw the blinds, don't dull the sparkle in your eyes, I know that we were made to break, so what, I don't mind. Like, yeah, we're gonna break, but let's, let's, you know, bang tonight. But like, it's not a sexy song though, in my mind. Well, I think that's, like, it's not, it's meant to be sort of ambiguous. Like, Mm. if you look at the genius annotations... Um, Zed told MTV in an interview that the song is about a breakup and about a couple spending their last night together although they both know it's not the right thing so like there is a tinge of sadness there oh yeah yeah there's there's sadness but it's also like but we we desire each other so much still Mm. in this moment but we we can't stay together as a unit I do like the line I'm a fire you're gasoline come pour yourself all over me We'll let this place go down in flames only one more time. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the film clip? It's fine. Yeah, I like that. Look, I like the couple dancing. I like it, but I find the choreography a little bit on the nose, and that's mm. me talking as someone who doesn't know how to do choreography. <laughs> but like, because it again it sort of feels like it was part of a moment where like that contemporary style of dance was huge like because you had so you think you could dance and all that kind of stuff and it was lots of pairs of people wearing like what's she wearing like a white dress yeah like billowy sort of dresses and like very sort of folksy looking sort of yeah pulling not pulling shapes but like just (laughs) lots of leaps and (laughs) green man's just save your life um (laughs) but like it was definitely of an era like it's still a present and popular form of dance but i feel like it was very much having a moment and there's something about the like kind of visceral way in which they're dancing it feels a bit um put upon or like put on Mm. like you can sort of like mentally it looks like at least the dude in the pair He's sort of already mentally preempting the next move before he's already doing it, so it just comes across a bit stilted. I do like the editing of it, though. That there are moments when it's just her on the couch, moments where that where it's just him on the couch, and then they're together. Yeah, it is very does... beautiful. And yeah, I do also appreciate that Haley Williams is basically dressed like Lilu from, uh, from the Fifth <laughs> Element. It's it's cool because like they're not doing. They didn't do Haley a disservice in any sense. Like, they didn't no. water her down. They didn't change her image. They didn't change her vocal style mm. or anything. Like, I could be wrong, but, like, it feels like it was very much fit for purpose. Like, this whole endeavour. Yeah. Because, yeah, Haley does wear cool outfits like that. 
at the time, like this was released, I think just before their self Paramore's self-titled album came out, and back then she was still rocking very like hyper color like hair and clothes and makeup and mm. yeah, like the short bob and everything, like it's just very classic Haley. Yeah. Um, and like since then she's like age is probably the wrong word, but like yeah, she's um evolved into like a different iteration where like she stripped the colour from her hair and she's essentially started with a blank slate. Mm. Um but It's also probably just a matter of just continually doing the orange hair probably just became so tiresome. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why Pink went from like pink hair in one album to then every other album she's had just blonde hair. Or like with, with a couple maybe of... a shock of pink in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because I think Hayley has noted that the hair change was a stylistic choice as well as a because my hair is frying off potentially. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just the whole package... Is, I love it because it doesn't like it feels honest and true and earnest and real and yeah I really like it but almost with a, with a sense of like she was asked you know hey what do you want to do yeah what do you want to do with this yeah, yeah. let us know yeah because like compared to airplanes for example like her vocals are still lovely on that but it's not a song written for Haley necessarily. Mm. Like, to me, it's a B.O.B. song in the sense of, like, that other B.O.B. song where Taylor Swift is on it, and you could probably interchange the two vocalists for each yeah. song, and it doesn't change the meaning or the intent behind I mean, it. since she went blonde, you could interchange them in my mind anyway. No. <laughs> How dare. Although they are friends, and Haley was in the... Bad Blood film clip. Yes. She's so cool. I love that. Alright. Let's talk about the cover. Yeah. So you all might remember, and I'm assuming that we have thousands upon thousands of listeners. Exactly. Just hanging on our every word. Yeah. You might remember we actually spoke about state champs uh, a couple months ago for the Sean Mendez Stitches episode. So we, we went through all the facts back then. Um, we I hope s- we didn't like shoot ourselves in the foot and be like, we're talking about these guys another time. So we won't tell you much about them. No, I don't think we did. Okay, good. No. Because um, I do remember going through their 
their page and yeah. reading about it. Um, and so, yeah, we don't know if they won the spelling bee or not. We don't know if they're the state <laughs> champs of of that or Unlike of uh, me. Yes, this is t- that's right. Because I talked about how I tanked in the Oz spell. Yeah, semis. <laughs> we don't know if they won the table tennis uh, tournament because we we had table tennis in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess we can just skip the facts and get straight into our thoughts on the song. You go first. I really like this cover. Me too. Yeah. I ever since that Christmas one we've been on uh I no, I did I did like Adele and you didn't, but yeah. Mm. Um Again, and I think it was similar with Stitches, because we gave that a hell yeah as well, didn't we? Yeah. Because like these guys obviously have that ear for pop music. Yeah. And presumably like I assume that the bands pick their own songs that they cover. I'm not sure, but like yeah, they pick songs for the right reasons and pick up the right elements in them to pay homage to when they do their cover. Yeah. Like, this is this song needs to have the same sort of bones as the EDM one for it to ring true. Um, and they do it. Yeah. Like, even just what in the EDM... Like, the elements of Zed and Haley's version is like, bleh. what am I saying? The elements of their version, which are the do 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 do, like mm. just the sort of they replicate that in State Champs yeah. style in like pop punk. Yeah, they they do a really good job of turning an EDM song into a good you know punk slash rock song you said it way better than i did in very few words so congratulations (laughs) thank you i very appreciate that um yeah i think and i i imagine you know because we we spoke about what we did go through their details i just made i just double checked the (laughs) just in case i think he um i think he's a fantastic vocalist and i think he maybe doesn't like match her entirely but i think he does a really good job and i and i mm. would imagine that it you know for a band like state champs who you know i was watching they did a song with um they did a song with simple plan and huh. uh the vocalist from we the kings oh well. sick I, yes that's right i remember reading about it yeah and i was listening listening to that today it's it's sort of it's a fine song it's not the best mm. pop punk song i've heard but it's like oh cool like you have the you have the sort of first well not first generation but like you have you know the predecessors simple plan of like the early two thousands to then we the kings of like the mid to late two thousands and then you had state champs of the twenty tens yeah all coming together to like basically pass the torch to state champs but also like celebrating what these other two bands have done yeah and I imagine for for them it's probably a big thing to be like. Oh, we've got a you know it's not a Haley Williams song, but we've got a song with Haley Williams. In yeah, it. like she was basically at one stage kind of like the queen of pop punk. Still is, I would say. Nah, just joking. I but don't know. Whatever. Like, who cares? You can listen to Riot though and go, "That's still a pop punk." Album. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, they've said that that Misery Business is not feminist and misogynistic, mm. but there's still pop punk elements to that album you know and yeah. it, it, it is it's like it would be a big thing for a band like that to go oh we're doing Hayley williams well let's do Hayley williams a service yeah and not a disservice it's cool like just 
now that you've mentioned that, seeing that we're already in that phase where the bands that we grew up with are directly being referenced in the bands that teens these days are growing up with. Yeah. Like, it speaks volumes that, like, we've already got the Paramore cover in an upcoming Punk Goes mm. pod episode slash in a Punk Goes yeah. comp. Um, what else? There was something else that I was going to bring up. Nah, doesn't matter. But, like, yeah, they, like you said, they've taken this opportunity and, like, his vocals, like, they don't necessarily match Haley's range, but they've adjusted accordingly. Like, they've taken it down a step and he nails it. And he's, again, like, being 100% earnest and he has that similar sort of full-bodied thing where he can capture the sort of like wa-o quality of what Haley brings to the Z mm. one. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to I would love to dance to this version at a club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not maybe not a club because that's probably not what they'd be playing at, but yeah, at I emo night. An e- yeah, an emo <laughs> night. Right? I'm so sad that I've never been to emo night and I probably never will. That's fine. <laughs> maybe that can be my thirtieth is just I'll have my own emo night. Have your own emo night. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Taking back my 20s. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> taking back my dignity. But I, I just, like, it has really good, like, a really good pace to it and a really good level to it. Like, I yeah. just... Like, it gets me, it gets me amped. Yeah. Um, and, like, every, like, the, the things that I didn't like about the original... Are not existent in yes. in this one, and it makes it like, oh, this kind of is timeless now. This yeah. kind of I could listen to this in twenty years and still feel the same thing that I'm feeling, and not go, oh shit, there's that stupid like, whatever you call it now. Yeah, like it's it's just him singing at the end that's auto tuned. Yeah, okay, and then <laughs> yes, I was there, I heard it, yeah. <laughs> but like it's. It's you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It's, like, I'm, I'm no, just the way you're like okay. Okay. <laughs> it was very teacher like. Are we in agreement? Of that? <laughs> yes. Or agreed. do you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think that it's like, and I, I can't remember what they do instead of the like the rising up part. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember. I noticed it the last time I was listening to it, though, and I don't think the original is quite so so prominent with it, but it's very... Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I like. I like because in the first verse, it feels a bit more... a bit tamer, maybe? Like, mm. it's not so boom, 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 but then they take advantage of that sort of... Um, like meter or whatever you'd call it in the second verse where they do sort of use it to like they don't make a breakdown but just the pace of it is very pop punk yeah like there's a definitive beat that they're sort of matching and i think it's almost because it's almost like it's almost like the evolution of music how like in, in the original how it starts off with just her and the and him playing and he's playing the piano and she's singing and then like the next verse it's like it's guitar over the top of it Mm -hmm. it's like going from like you know hundreds of years ago to 
you know, I don't know how old guitars are, a couple of hundred years maybe. Mm. Um, but just like, and it is sort of like with this, there is that ramp up to it. Like the yeah. first verse really does have a really kick-ass build. Yep. And then it kick, hits the chorus and it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's... They made a kick-ass chorus and even Stewie would come back for seconds. Exactly. Hashtag in jokes. Um, yeah, it just, it really makes me happy when we come across tracks like this where they're so considered. Like, because again, you could just, even when this was released, so what was it, Pop 6, so that would have been, what, like... 2013, 2014. Yeah, like... That was still very much in an era where they probably could have just brought in like some sort of EDM-y bit to it. Or like mm. very much turned on just the more like easy core elements that I can't stand for the most part. But like you can always tell the bands that have that real pop sensibility about them. The ones who have sort of done their homework. They obviously listen to pop. They listen to other genres outside of yeah. their bubble and they're just so, like, almost classically trained, like in air quotes, in terms of how to approach these things because they just execute it so well and with so much care. Because, yeah. like, yeah, you could also just pick up your guitars and just do a basic beat and riffs and then just sort of wing it. But they just they take the time to capture those different elements and those different layers and replicate them in a way that's honest to what they do. And we've had those bands before. Those bands where yeah. it just feels like they've listened to the song, gone, okay, that's the chords. Let's just go in and get this done. Yeah. Whereas it doesn't feel like that with this. It feels like there's a lot of respect being put into it and a lot of thought and care. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... It's great. I Yeah, I love it so much. I like when we are in agreement. Mm-hmm. Like this. Yeah. Shall we... I, make our definitive assessment of the two uh yeah um i was just gonna say i didn't really pay too much attention to who was doing this song and i did kind of think when i first heard the original like oh we're probably gonna get like a really crap like just electronic cover of this we did so they they said well let's see let's show you what we can do with our instruments and our style uh so i think it's probably pretty clear from me at least it's gonna be a hell yeah for both same hell yeah on both counts um i feel like this was kind of the perfect cover and i didn't really want to explore too much else so i didn't yeah it it kind of feels like a baby bird like i just sort of want to cup it in my hands and look after it and not sort of ruin it with crap youtube covers yeah it was it was a lot of you know white girls with guitars Mm. um that sort of thing so nothing really stood out anyway. So, uh, you know, I wasn't loving it as opposed to next week yes. where we will be talking the power of it, the power of love mm. by Huey Lewis and the news as covered by the early November for Punk Goes 80s. Excellent. Do you have any <laughs> closing statements before I, I am losing my voice? I think. Oh shit. Okay. Time for you to go on vocal rest. Um, I am going to say thank you to poet and author Hanif Abdurraqib for his kind words about the vibe of our podcast. He, he noted that it sounded 
like an exciting idea and he was keen to check it out and it made my life. Also, like shocking moment that they have Vianetta in America. I know. Or had Vianetta in America because I just assumed that was an Australian thing. But yeah, like apparently it got pulled for a while and then it's back, but we've just had it this whole time. Anyway, yeah. this is extremely niche, but yeah, that was very lovely. And Hanif, fine. if you're listening, we love you. And, and in Australia, we have Vianetta all the time, every time. And also crispy M&Ms if you like those. So They would have those in the US, wouldn't apparently they? Apparently they don't. Apparently, apparently it's like a special thing, huh. I thought. I don't know. You're the M&M's connoisseur. Sure. Anyway. Um, I like the peanut ones. I like the crispy ones. <laughs> and I think that's about it. That's my M&M's cast. Okay. See you next week. <laughs>